Good evening and welcome. The program is Subject ACT on your people-powered radio, 2XX FM 98.3. I'm Sophie Singh and it's great to have your company. Welcome back to the second and final part of Canberra Choir's Singing Through the Pandemic. And our story begins to the beautiful voices of Canberra Union Voices singing Ohele Ho or Kadadalak, arranged by Chrissy Shaw. In part one of the program, we connected with some of our Canberra community choirs and learned about why people love singing in a group. We heard from Chrissy from the Canberra Hospital Choir, the Canberra Community Chorale and the Bush Larks Choir, a choir for people with Parkinson's. Louise... Jen, Pam and Carol from the Pop-Up Choir, Johanna and Meg from A Chorus of Women and Manirat and Lyle from the Spence Community Choir as they spoke about how they felt when COVID-19 stopped physical choir gatherings. In part two, we come back to our choristers to take a closer look at the creative approaches their choirs have taken to keep connected. We'll also hear how the choirs gradually re-emerging and how our choristers feel about coming back together. So what were the online possibilities? Pretty much like the rest of us, many choirs turned to Zoom. Having a meeting over Zoom is one thing, but choir singing? That was a whole different ball game. Lyle from the Spence Choir was concerned with what he had heard about the difficulties of Zoom. Everybody was Zooming meetings and things and I heard about people Zooming choirs but I also heard that that wasn't altogether successful, that uh, there were just dropouts and, and lags in um, the Zoom meetings and to rehearse a choir in that way was you know, didn't really work very well. So what is the latency or lag time issue that choirs doing real-time singing over Zoom were encountering? To test it out, four of us got together to record a rousing rendition of Happy Birthday to hear it for ourselves. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. That was terrible. (laughs) We agree it's terrible, but that's not actually the main issue. The problem is that the lag is a result of different internet speeds, and the larger the group, the more noticeable the delay. A group of four isn't really much of a test, but it was fun anyway. Both of Chrissy's choirs were keen to keep meeting throughout the lockdown, and within a week they were singing over Zoom, even though not all of the members of each choir participated. Chrissy explains how she managed the Zoom issues for her choir sessions. What happens is that I always precede the singing with exercises, particularly with the Parkinson's choir, because there are a lot of exercises that have been designed for people with Parkinson's. I was working with another group and what I've been doing with the two Parkinson's groups, they get a poem every week and they read it as though with each word enunciated And then they read it as though they're communicating that poem to an audience. And so it's really good for the Parkinson's people to do that because it keeps their voices going. And it's a thinking thing as well. I don't mute the choir for the exercises. I want to hear them. I say to them, I'm not going to mute you yet. But as soon as we start singing, I have to mute them all. I wanted to know more. How did Chrissy's choristers sing together with everyone muted? They can't hear each other. And I can't hear them. I can see them. I can see their mouths moving. And I'll sing the melody of the songs. And if we've learnt harmonies, I say to them, just sing along with me. You're the stars of your own living room, you know, basically. 
To what extent do you actually conduct? I've got my piano in front of me here and I set it up just on my desk. So I've got my iMac, my computer keyboard and my little piano here. And I've got my music over there. I will send them the songs we're going to sing half a week before the session. But I put the words up on the screen. They can look at the words and then I'll play um, I'll play sort of something and I'm here playing the piano and singing. So I'm not conducting with my hands. But sometimes when it comes to the end, I want them to slow down. I'll give them a signal to show them that they have to slow down. But they're being accompanied all the time. So we... So it's a beautiful piece of music and I just play as an accompaniment. Now that we're a few months down the track, how have the Bushlarks and Canberra Hospital Choristers found the Zoom sessions? Did they like being stars in their own living rooms? There are some people in both choirs who stopped coming because I think they found it difficult to just be singing solo and they really like the feeling of everybody together. But the people who stuck with it, obviously it's not ideal. But they've stuck with it because they've wanted to keep singing. With the Parkinson's Choir, with all the ones that are coming, they all seem to be really cheerful. It's really lovely because they get to see each other. They're getting to sort of chat with each other a bit during the session where you have a bit of a chat at the beginning and at the end if they want to hang around. With the Hospital Choir, there have been a few new people. There's a woman from England who's been coming in to the Zoom choir the hospital she's a health worker and she's a friend of one of the members of the choir they are really really keen to sing and to learn new songs but they're also tired because they've been at work they've come home it is a really different feeling with them particularly Some choirs in Australia and internationally began producing videos where separate recordings by individual choir members were pieced together to form a tapestry and posted online Lyle, from the Spence Community Choir, was drawn to the idea. So I began to see these virtual choir videos on uh, ABC TV. The Couch Choir and and the ABC's done their own productions and I thought uh, maybe we could do that. And uh, we we embarked on that endeavour and that gave me plenty to do. Lyle and Manirat were convinced that this was the way to go. But what about the other choir members? How did they feel about the idea and the experience of being involved? Everyone liked the idea, but not everyone is confident to sing alone by themselves. You know, if they sing together as a group, they're happy. Some people didn't feel confident enough with their technological ability to actually record the, the video of themselves singing. Yes, that's why that we only have about 10 singing that song that we wrote out of 22 choir members. Right. Yes. So just over half actually didn't feel confident That's about right. participating. Mm. And that was our second attempt. We, we initially tried a song that the choir was familiar with and uh, we only got about three, apart from mm. Manira oh, and I. Okay. So, so why do you think that was? Well, for those reasons we suggested, just lack of confidence in, in either the singing or the technology. But the song that you subsequently went with, people felt more confident? The first one we did was sort of harmony parts, a very structured song, and the second one was um, you could sing just in unison. People could just get up and sing. 
and there were some even some actions and things that they could do, and uh, yeah. it was just you know, it was more fun. We even got some relatives in from Melbourne, uh, Manirat's daughter-in-law and my sister uh, were involved too, so you could bring people remotely into it, and it all came together really well. And so my son too in Canberra. And does your son usually sing with the Spence Community no, Choir? No. What feedback did you get from the choir members who did participate? They enjoyed it and um, they said that they, they won't mind doing it again if there is another one coming. That's great. <laughs> I was intrigued about what had inspired Manirat to write the alternative lyrics to the popular song Bad Moon Rising and how Lyle pulled it all together. Well... It came to me very quickly, you know, that I'd have to use this song for the prevention of the spread. Yeah, even though the spread was falling down at the moment, but we still can use it to prevent other form of virus as well. So that's why I decided to write it in such a way, you know, to encourage people to be cautious about dealing with other people when they shake hand or rubbing their eyes, this sort of thing, yes. So a simple message, but in a way that is very engaging to listen to and to take on. Yeah, Um, and it's a well-known song. Absolutely. Lyle, take me through the production process. A new band called Booty Uke, who um, we thought would be very good to back this song. So we approached them to help out and they were keen. And by this stage, things were opening up a little too. You could have, um, you know, this four square metre rule. So we were able to get together and space out sufficiently and so the band could play. So we spent a night doing that and um, then using the recording of that as a backing track we're able to get people to sing their version of it listening through headphones to the uh, backing track and just sing away and video themselves you know most people can video themselves on their um, phones these days so it helps if you've got somebody to hold it for you but but I I did mine on my own just uh, standing it on a music stand there was a lot of juggling of different bits of video. I got Manira to sing just that first verse on her own with the backing track and everybody else um, was left out of it at that stage. That was quite effective, I think. Manny who had written the lyrics and to be singing that first verse alone and then everybody coming in on the first chorus up improving the uh, the end product, I think. Well done. I think it's a great achievement. Uh, I really enjoy watching it. of the final production of Stop COVID Rising is seeing 19 choristers and musicians in 12 separate videos creating a beautiful whole. Whilst appreciating the virtual choir videos that were springing up around the world, Meg recognised that this approach wasn't right for a chorus of women. We've seen lots of choirs that have done sort of virtual choirs and each person singing individually and patching together wonderful videos, but that didn't quite work for us Mm, mm. because there's something about the relational side of it and being together and singing in harmony together that is 
basic to that voice. I'm sure it is for other choirs too, but I think particularly where there's that sense of using music and the arts as an end as well as just for personal enjoyment. Chorus were determined to find a way to keep singing and maintain their focus on giving concerned citizens a voice. Johanna and Meg explained what came next. One big initiative was to keep our Anzac Eve peace vigil tradition going. So the Anzac Eve peace vigil was initiated by Graham Dunstan. So he had the idea of holding a vigil on the eve of Anzac Day on the top of Mount Ainsley, looking down on the war memorial and dreaming of peace. And so we wrote songs for that. Glenda wrote a beautiful song that's called Spirit Songs on Anzac Eve, where she hears the voices of her great-grandmother who lost a son in World War I. So 24th of April this year was in the middle of COVID. So Janet Salisbury said, why don't we do it on Zoom? Hmm. <laughs> we thought about it. And so we had a wonderful audio recording of Glenda's Spirit Songs, which was a, a centerpiece of the whole event as we planned it. And I added some images to that. So that was shown as a video. And then we thought, what other things that people can sing along? So... Meg and I sang a number of songs. The two of us came together suitably socially distanced (laughs) and we led some singing so that people could sing along by themselves. Of of peace songs and one particular one that is a great favourite of mine is Last Night I Had the Strangest Dream, which is an old peace song. It was a huge learning curve technically for us. But we ended up with a couple of hundred people. Yeah, a couple of hundred people right. online. Let's hear. Last night I had the strangest dream. Last night I had the strangest dream I've ever had before. I dreamed the world would all agree. To put an end to war I dreamed there was a mighty room And the room was filled with men And the paper they were signing said They'd never fight again a very successful event, but was this approach sustainable? Would they have embarked on further projects if the lockdown had persisted? That was a huge effort, putting that together, so I don't think we could do that on a very regular basis. One of the challenges was just the fact that we couldn't get together. If that had continued on for a very long time, we would have had to explore other similar challenging ways of doing something on Zoom, but mm. amongst the chorus and I think elsewhere, there's a bit of Zoom fatigue. Yeah. Yes. And because we couldn't sing together on Zoom, we would at least have sort of weekly yep. meetings and so on. And that was okay. And it was a good way of continuing to support each other. But I think the joy has been, particularly in Canberra, where we've been so fortunate that we have been able to get together again. 
If you've just tuned in, the program is Subject ACT on your people-powered radio, 2XX FM 98.3. I'm Sophie Singh, and tonight we're listening to the second part of Canberra Choir's Singing Through the Pandemic. And around the end of June, Chorus ventured back together, meeting outdoors at the Australian Centre for Christianity and Culture. Johanna and Meg recall the feeling at that gathering. People were so glad to sing, to be together in music mm. again. And I think I brought a round that I'd written many, many years ago, which was called A Round Without Words. And it seemed to be just the right thing. It mm. had sort of a mm. bit of a... Um, what would you call sense it? That longing feeling, a sense of longing. Yes, mm. and yeah, sounds a bit cathartic. Think, actually. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. And one of the unfortunate things is that you know different people are in different life circumstances. Sure. So there are still some of the women who are not comfortable yes. in coming out, whether it's outdoors or indoors. Yes. And, and so there's a sadness in a way that yes. it's not all of us coming yeah. together, but certainly the majority have felt. Yes okay about yeah. that with a great deal of respect for each other Absolutely. in our yes. somewhat different takes on the yes. whole thing. As restrictions eased, the pop-up choir also took tentative steps towards regrouping. How did pop-up members Louise, Pam and Jen feel on that first occasion back together? I felt elated, especially when I was singing along with everybody else. I just felt wonderful. Yeah, I was in a real high. I was so happy. It was a really joyful sing. <laughs> exhilaration was just absolutely wonderful because a lot of people I hadn't seen since choir because it's kind of like our our choir family I guess coming back together and seeing those people again it was really quite highly emotional because we were overjoyed to be there again I think yeah Okay. <laughs> Elation because I was getting back to normal, a new normal. And we are in a new normal. And because of that, choir leaders have to be cautious when considering when to regroup. Manirat and Lyle explain. I've got to be mindful of the situation that um, is going around, for example, in Melbourne, in Victoria. You know, you don't know uh, how it's you know, things are not certain. Things are not certain. So, yes, yes. Yes. so we have to abide by the guideline yep. that the government sets yes, for us yes. to follow. The choir is restricted by the parish council decision as well. You know, they are very cautious about uh, letting us sing even in the church service. And the choir is quite elderly, like uh, the youngest would be in their 60s, I would think. Yes. And uh, some quite a bit older than that. 80-something years old too. Yes. And so, uh, yeah, we're all in that sort of vulnerable group. So how risky is singing together? Studies are being done to determine where exactly the risks with singing in a group lie. In August, a University of Bristol study confirmed that the deeper you breathe and the louder your voice is, whether singing or shouting, the more aerosols you create and the further those aerosols travel. Also, aerosols can remain in the air for longer periods, especially in spaces with low ventilation. The Bristol study concluded that social distancing and ventilation were important ways to keep safe when singing in a group. Chrissy's choirs are not yet returning and especially for the Canberra Hospital Choir, there's no sense of when it might be possible to do so. With the hospital, there is no way. We cannot go into that hospital. There are guards at the door and patients can only have one visitor a day and also standing in a public space like the foyer 
and singing, which is supposed to spread the droplets much more than anything else. I think it's going to be quite a while before we can do it. So we're kind of stuck. It's really sad, but we can't do anything. But with the Parkinson's Choir, we were going to go back on a date in August, but then members of the group said, look, we don't want to go back yet. And so I said, okay, look, if that's the way you feel, I'm quite happy to keep doing it like this because if you feel safer, it's better to do it. Now, we are planning to go back on the 19th of October and there are members of the choir saying, oh, I don't think I want to go back yet. They are particularly vulnerable. I mean, I'm vulnerable too being my age and having had pneumonia and all, I want to listen to them and I, I would not want to be pushing it. But unfortunately, there are several people in that group who have been emailing me and saying, when are we going to get back together? And there are people who didn't want to do the Zoom. So I've got to find the balance between the ones that are happy to keep singing the way we are and the ones who want to get back into the room. We really plan to go back on the 19th of October but I don't think that's going to happen yet. And sadly, Chrissy was right. There are now plans for the choir to regroup on the 9th of November, but it continues to be a work in progress. Finding the balance between the choristers who are comfortable with meeting face-to-face and those people who aren't is something that many choirs are grappling with. For some, a hybrid approach has been adopted, trying to meet the needs of both. One choir doing this is the Canberra Community Chorale, as Chrissy, who's not yet returned to the chorale, outlines. With the chorale that I sing in, Dan Walker is the conductor, and for a classical choir that, you know, just by very definition will be singing in parts, the Zoom is really difficult to work with. So it did go into recess, but they've gone back again now, and what's happening is that they've been recording the sessions and sending them out to the people who haven't gone back in person. It's really awkward being there. You have to distance, you know, you can't be sort of sitting near someone in your own part. I don't know how that works myself. So what other measures are needed and how are choirs putting them in place? Carol detailed what Rachel Hall, conductor of Pop-Up Choir, did to facilitate the choir regrouping. So the choir now had to have fewer members per session. The preliminary work was we all got a survey with four options of preferred dates, venues and uh, and times. We all voted and gave first and second preference. Then we were slotted into our preferred sessions. The halls marked where the chairs go and whether the soprano, alto, tenor, bass, those bits are marked when we get to a choir session. It's been well thought of and well mapped by a choir mistress. Great kudos to them on how they thought about it. As a chorus of women moved indoors at the Centre for Christianity and Culture, Meg and Johanna describe the COVID measures that were put in place. The chapel at the centre is, it's a big space, it's a wonderful acoustic, and if you were going to meet inside anywhere, still in COVID, it was the place to be. Mm. And since the 19th 19th of July, July, we've been there weekly. Because it's a big space and there have been maybe up to 16 of us, it's been quite possible to be two metres apart and in a very wide arc so that no one's singing directly at anybody else. They've got very clear COVID protocols, clear entrance and exits. They've got touchless sanitizer. We are careful to wipe down any chairs that need to be moved around they've got regular cleaning in place and you have to keep a list oh yes we keep a list of anybody who's coming their phone numbers and where they've been out of canberra in the last 14 days Mm -hmm. and we send that to the center each week 
But what is it like for the choristers to sing in an environment of masks, distancing and hand sanitizer? Pop-up choir members Louise, Pam, Carol and Jen shared their reactions. Yeah, I felt that all the precautions that were needed were taken. It's a little bit harder to hear people when you're so far apart. With the masks, it's really hard to see people's expressions. So it was kind of like a weird world where you could see people's eyes, but you couldn't really know what was going on with them behind the mask. Now, I do appreciate seeing people's faces, and I really didn't realise how much that affects you on a personal level. Oh, it's seriously weird. (laughs) I tend to find that as you're singing, it slips down, so I have to keep yanking it up all the time. And also, by the end of the night, it's a bit damp, but I guess that shows it's doing its job. wearing masks and not liking it but the masks aren't compulsory i don't sing with a mask on now it's hard enough trying to breathe with a mask on i imagine singing is even more challenging yes can you describe what that feeling was like it was muffled and awful i had to wear a mask today uh, for something and my glasses were fogging up and that was a comment made as well during choir makes it really hard to see your music. I think if people are a little bit uncomfortable, there are spaces at the back so they can wear their mask and be a little bit more removed. Plus, we're not singing things that will make us spit or project more, less huffing and puffing. Rachel's been quite aware of picking tunes that won't have more droplets in the air than required. Even with the measures, did choristers feel safe about returning? Pam had mixed feelings at first. Rachel had sent out emails to assure us and we were all had a bit of an idea of what it was going to be like. I have to say that I was a little anxious about it because we had had the break. It was something new, even though it was something familiar, it was different and different it is, but that's okay because it is what it is and it's better than nothing. Was that apprehension in terms of health risks? No, not the health risks at all. Those have all been really well catered for. I think those church hall chairs will never have been cleaner, (laughs) given that they're being wiped down twice every Thursday night. (laughs) One of the great things about singing in a choir is that you get support from those people standing around you in your particular part. And when you're two metres away from all the other altos, that's a pretty hard thing to do. So I guess you feel a bit more vulnerable because you're isolated from other people, just feeling a little bit on the spot, I guess. Despite choirs returning, COVID will continue to change the way we interact with others. When they come in, we just have to greet like that, you know, on elbow instead of cuddling. I love cuddling my <laughs> choir members here, but I refrain from doing that since COVID started. Yes, <laughs> we've all had to change behaviours that are so ingrained. Have there been any positives from the enforced changes in choir operations, both during the lockdown and in coming back together physically? For Carol, Pam and Johanna, there are silver linings. I think now I can hear people a bit more clearly. I think it's made us a bit more, I don't know, inclusive. There are fewer people and so you feel, oh, that person's on their own. I might just go up and talk to them. I have found with the distancing that it is actually really good for the singers because those that are not so sure of themselves can actually hear themselves much better than when everybody is close together. And those 
who know what they're doing and who are sometimes put off by people who are singing out of pitch, they find it easier (laughs) too. So it is really, it's actually quite a good thing for development as well. There could be previously 80 people on any one night and obviously you're not going to get to chat with everybody and you tend to gravitate towards the people that you're more familiar with. Having a smaller group is actually quite nice because of that opportunity to get to know people better, even though you have to stay two metres apart. (laughs) Don't get to know them that well. However, despite the positives, like in so many corners of our lives, this virus will continue to present ongoing challenges until it is under control. Older choir members may continue to be reluctant to return to choir until a vaccine is available. And the longer a person is away from the routine of choir, the greater the possibility that that connection is completely severed. Had it gone on longer and longer, perhaps I wouldn't have gone back because, you know, you would have got completely out of the routine. Perhaps something else might have come along in terms of another activity. I can't imagine what, (laughs) but possibly had it gone on any longer, it would have been a bit tricky to get back to. In the UK, where many members of the long-established Welsh choirs are particularly vulnerable to COVID, there are reports that the prolonged break may mean that many never return. This could lead to the unviability of some choirs, which may in turn erode the sense of community fostered by those choirs. And the impact of the virus on choir operations is being felt way beyond the choirs themselves. The Spence Choir regularly performs in nursing homes. Residents of the aged care homes have been telling Manirat and Lyle how much they missed them. Having been back to nursing home for the uh, the trio of us, the residents said, we miss you all. The residents think that it would be wonderful to have people to come back to entertain them. Mm. We've started to be able to entertain over the past month. Uh, We've had three or four um, performances. I can see in their faces it's a pleasure for them. As we're coming into summer, the Spence Choir may take the opportunity to sing outside. Start rehearsing our Christmas carols. But also outside, we can sit even further than 1.5 metres. We may have the advantage too. People in the neighbourhood might hear us rehearsing Christmas carols (laughs) and come and join us. Who knows? Quite true. So you may extend that sense of community, which would be a lovely thing. It would be great. Absolutely. (laughs) And I'm going to be keeping my ear out for your singing. (laughs) And I'll be heading up there. And it was with joyful tones that Manirat emailed me to say that the Parish Council has now approved their request to return to singing together. Yay! So if you're passing Spence, keep your ear out. Choirs are here to stay. Given the unique benefits of singing in a group, it's very likely that the desire to sing together will remain strong and choirs will continue their popularity into the future, creating connections, building community and improving life expectancy along the way. Creative humans are fantastic because there'll always be a way of doing it. And there is creativity in all of us and certainly in all of our choristers who generously gave their time, shared their experiences and helped to make this show possible. We would like to thank Chrissy Shaw from the Bushlarks Choir, the Canberra Hospital Choir and the Canberra Community Chorale, Rachel Hoare, Louise Burmester, Jen Sheldon, Pam Harders and Carol Christopher from the Pop-Up Choir, 
Johanna McBride and Meg Rigby from A Chorus of Women, and Manira Jiripayat and Lyle Baker from the Spence Community Choir. And thanks to you for listening to Canberra Choir's Singing Through the Pandemic. This program was co-produced by Glenda Wadsley, and my thanks to Glenda for this collaboration. And let's hope that the 35-plus choirs that have enriched the Canberra community pre-COVID will find their way back. You can enjoy the full rendition of the Spence Community Choir's Stop COVID Rising on YouTube. It's well worth checking out. We'll put the link on our Subject ACT Facebook page. That brings us to the end of tonight's program. I really hope you've enjoyed it. I'm Sophie Singh. Thanks for listening and have a great rest of your week. (music) 